0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. This episode of 12 Pack Radio is made possible by an the official communications partner of the Pac-12 and the best business phone service. It's chosen by US News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over Pac-12 country stay connected using one easy-to-use app, business phone service, call reporting, team chat, and more. Nextiva does it all. Get there, get some. Nextiva.com slash 12-pack. It's been a great partner of the Pac-12 and this podcast. If you want the best business phone service in the world, nextiva.com slash 12-pack. Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour!
1: Clap for your world famous two-time chips and feel the power! It's a new game, yes it is! For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to 12 Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac 12 football news, the home of the Beta Rank College Football Statistical Model. This is a sharp college football podcast where all of Rob's numbers are up, full projections for 2022. We're not talking about it this year, this week. We're going to do that next week. We're going to give it all the love and care it needs, going through all the models' projections for 2022. And I'm joined, as always, to talk Pac 12 football, including our Oregon postmortem with Mr. Rob Bowron. What's going on, Rob?
1: Uh, I'm excited to be here. This is uh, <laughs> where it's nice to be able to talk some football. It's crazy that we're already uh, with the projections up. I am getting ready to preview Mississippi State um, and kick off the preview videos coming out for the, the top 50. So, Yeah. And spring practice is like right around the corner.
0: I just saw that. I know um, we were talking about Oregon and it looks like Oregon just tweeted out their spring practice schedule. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, March 6th or something like that. It's wild. We just ended the actual season. The Super Bowl was on Sunday. And here we are talking about spring football. And it makes me happy. Makes me. I, I love the tournament. I appreciate college basketball. But um, we are a football podcast first and foremost at heart, and we are excited to crank through some projections coming up for 2022 season. Rob, we should open up with a couple of final hires in the Pac-12. ASU has finally figured out who their defensive coordinator is, who their offensive coordinator is. And I, I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts. But I'm just curious what you, uh, you know, what, what came across your mind when you saw who the hires were?
1: I feel like they did pretty well. Uh, Glenn Thomas did a good job with UNLV, um, you know, really improving their offense with Beta Rank um, from 2020 to 2021. They were a 125 in 2020 um, and they improved all the way up to number 93 in uh, 2021. And UNLV was kind of a surprising team uh, a little bit in, in uh, 2021. The, the, the the model certainly got, got some wins against the spread um, taking UNLV uh, as a slightly smaller underdog than they were in Vegas. Um, And then they, you know, they had the internal promotion um, after Antonio Pierce, um, is now off to the NFL. <laughs> they will be getting. <laughs> I mean, like, I tweeted this out. Like, I mean, it's funny because, like, ASU is going to get all the consequences, but, like, Antonio Pierce, in the span of just a few years, went from a high school head coach to the NFL. <laughs> to <an laughs> NFL on field assistant. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is. Um, he has certainly left some. And I I, I have a hunch he's going to be sort of like the the person that people blame the most in all of this. Um, And that was the impression you certainly got from the dossier, what leaked out. But he he has certainly left a a lot of uh, damage in his wake that ASU is going to have to pick up for – for his his you know really rapid rise in, in, in football coaching
0: much easier uh, to cross a river stepping over dead bodies that have piled yes, up, you know
1: like, <laughs> if if you are in fact not worried about consequences like <laughs> it's it's a pre- it could be a pretty fast rise <laughs> <laughs> um but they promoted Donnie Henderson who's been on staff he'd been an off-field analyst and then stepped in once they had some openings on staff um, you know, I think they're looking for continuity on uh on the defensive or, you know, on the defensive side of the ball in particular. Um <clears throat> and and really like Marvin Harrison is, is you know, likely going to be there still too. Um but yeah, I mean like given I mean given the situation, you know, like getting Thomas is not a bad hire I feel like. I mean, the, you still have the same challenges, right, that they faced with um you know, Jaden Daniels and downfield passing, but I almost feel like Thomas you know, might be more amenable to, you know, working Jaden Daniels into some shorter passes and working those more into the offense, like we saw from Daniels in 2019.
0: I can see that. When the, when I just read about Thomas, because frankly, I wasn't that familiar with him. It reminds me of when Arizona was, you know, hit rock bottom with Kevin Sumlin and Arizona hired Paul Rhodes as their defensive coordinator. I had the same reaction to it with Glenn Thomas, like, oh, okay, like them. That actually is not a bad hire, given all of the other problems that are going on, which I kind of had the same thing with ASU. Now, ASU is not even close to where Arizona was uh, when when Semelins last year came into Tucson. But I do think that, I mean, clearly there's a lot of turmoil. And like you, like you mentioned, that UNLV offense got better as time went on, too. So the, the beginning of the year, UNLV sucked. Um, and they were, they were pretty bad, but like over time, like I actually placed a couple bets on UNLV as well, because I just, they, their record didn't indicate like the quality of, of the team and they were able to move the ball a little bit. Plus his time with Matt rule at Baylor and temple and some time in the NFL. What are you, what are you going to do? Right? Like, I feel like that's probably about as good as ASU is going to get given the situation that they have. I, I do think it's crazy that Herm is still there. And, you know, it, I think it kind of reeks of some of clearly of nepotism uh, and, and just some some things that are going on inside the program. But, you know, if, if you're going to ride if you're going to ride the train to the end, not not too bad of a pickup. I have no idea about the, the internal hire. That That's interesting. I don't think the, the guy's called plays. And I, but, you know, with that said, I do think that Marvin Lewis uh, and and Pierce like. We had big questions about them going into uh, Herm's, you know, first and second year at ASU, and and they really did answer the call. So, like, I'm actually, I, I feel weird, like giving a bit of a benefit benefit of the doubt, but like, you know, it's possible that ASU like could be a really leaky ship. That's that, but it does make it across the ocean, <laughs> you know. Like, I feel like yeah. that's where they're at.
1: I mean, they have. I mean, if you look, like ASU actually got quite a few combine invites. You know, um, you know, out of out of the guys that are moving on, um, so I, I, mean, I, there are definitely some holes to fill. I think particularly along the offensive line, uh, you know, for the squad. But you know, I I like what they're potentially bringing back on defense. You know, the interior defensive line is going to be bolstered by players returning from injury. Um, you know, Merlin Robinson is just fantastic. Um, you know, they are going to have some work cut out for them. I think at corner. But you know, like the the defense was pretty good last season. The I mean, the offense is really the 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 unit that has to take far and away the biggest step forward. I mean, they were oh, it was a disaster. They were hideous yeah. last last season on offense. Well, you know, a really bad Power Five offense, grading out at number sixty in, in Beta Rank. Um, and and truly too, like their special teams weren't good. You know, they were one of three in special teams. They have some you know real improvement to to be found both on in kicking and punting. So, um, but you know, like it's not overwhelming, you know, like outside of, outside of Utah, you know, the, and, and I think USC's offense maybe puts them, you know, a step ahead over UCLA and, and ASU. Um, but I mean, outside of Utah, like the South isn't like, you know, incredibly daunting and I don't think their schedules over, you know, truly overwhelming next year. So, um, you know, I think they could get by. I mean, but to your point, right? Like, I mean, how long does Ray, I mean, not just like, how long does Herb Edwards hang on? How long does Ray Anderson hang on? I mean, like, it certainly feels like there's more, more to come, but I mean, like, like we've talked about, you kind of wonder if they don't try to like nudge it into the next hiring cycle, you know, so that they're not less trying to scramble to, to hire a coach. Like, I mean, even if they have to get an interim, you know, like just, just not have to hire your next coach this year and, and know what your sanctions are going to be from the NCAA.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on them. I, but again, given all the, the situations that they have found themselves in, you know, like, okay, okay. ASU, I, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. We'll see if you can replenish those holes, but um, you know, there is a staff in place. So that is a good thing. And uh, you know, I, I do hope that ASU does well next year. I mean, like, you know, I, I want them to be good. I just, you know, it's just, you kind of look at where, where the program is and, and you know, if they make the, make a bowl, I, th- I feel like that would be a win for that program, um, but I do feel like they're biding their time until until stuff hits the fan. Uh, anything, yeah. anything else on ASU?
1: No, no. I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think there was anything else really that big. Uh, that was that was sort of the news. I mean, of course, like UCLA still no defensive coordinator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, I I, figured, I was assuming I was well not assuming I was kind of joking like they're waiting for the NFL you know the Super Bowl to be over. But nope, nope, just. Don't have a defensive coordinator.
1: Notre Dame was Notre Dame hired somebody that was on the Bengal staff.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, well, that's the last hire, right? The last main one.
1: I mean, really, right? Like that's that's the last. I mean, Michigan. Michigan made a move. Got their got their coordinators in. So yeah, I, I what I like in particular, like for the Pac-12, I think it's the last coordinator hired that's still so outstanding.
0: Okay. Well, let's get into uh, the Oregon Postmortem. This might be a quicker podcast because there just wasn't a ton of news. We'll definitely spend a lot of time on the BetaRank uh, projections next week. But let's let's do our Oregon Postmortem, and let's do it right after this.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to bluenile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's bluenile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. bluenile.com. All
0: right, we're back. We're talking Oregon football. 10 and 4 on the year, 10 and 4 on the year, 7 and 2. In the Pac twelve, undefeated against teams in the Pac 12, not named Utah, Rob. Um <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute,
1: they lost to Stanford.
0: Oh, that's right. Why does it say seven and two? Um, you are absolutely right. Oh, yeah, seven and two in conference play, seven and three Yeah. In, uh, you know, against teams in the Pac twelve. Yeah, that that's Stanford loss, the the Joe Moorhead illness. Um, oh, which I think they win that
1: game of Moorheads there. Like that's that was really the difference.
0: I think so too, but it kind of shows the soft underbelly I guess of Oregon the fact that yeah. you know you go into Sanford and I get it right uh, but it wasn't really a trap game it was on the road the farm is it still is a difficult place to play even though nobody shows up um but, you know th- this was a game sandwiched between Arizona and Cal and you know when you don't have your coordinator and, and you run the offense that you're trying to run um I mean it, it was kind of a, a it kind of made my eyes bleed a little bit they did really pick it up at the end of that game but uh, on the year as as a whole, I, I just felt like this was a disappointing season for the Ducks. Um, am I being too did you have more my expectations too high for? I mean, like obviously it started out with a bang, but um, I still think looking back at the season, even even if they didn't beat Ohio State, let's say that game was like um, I'm trying to think of a team that like Wake Forest, you know, <laughs> if they went to Wake Forest and beat them, um, and then you look back at the season. I still would have been disappointed.
1: No, I mean they scuffled along, right? I mean, um, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Like the Pac-12 for the most part was not particularly good last season. So, you know, and it it really showed in their first real game at you know, like in and you know, you could talk yourself into it being a bit of a hangover game if you wanted to. Um, but I I mean, that game against Arizona like Arizona turned the ball. I mean, <laughs> Jordan McLeod threw five interceptions in that game, <laughs> yeah. but Arizona moved the ball, right? Yeah. I mean, Arizona got into the red zone. Uh, you know, they put up 19 points, but they got into the red zone a bunch of times. Um, you know, Oregon, <clears throat> like they, they started to look pretty vulnerable there. Um, you know, and, and their defense finished at 44 overall in beta rank. It was not good. And, and you could, uh, I mean, they were, they excelled at limiting explosive drives, number eight there, but. You could drive on them. I mean, in Arizona did, you know, and other teams did, but they were 118 in drive efficiency. I mean, you could absolutely put together long drives on this Oregon defense. They couldn't really figure it out. Um, They really kind of struggled in pass, I mean, in in defending the pass, 55 an effective pass, a little better, 39 an effective rush. Um, And that was really, I mean, for the most part, they're undoing. Like, I know there's an immense amount of focus on Brown in the Oregon fan base. And that was what was really holding back this team. But like this team far and away, this team's biggest problem last season was the defense. Yeah. Uh, they, they could not, you know, stop other teams from really being, you know, being able to put up points. The offense was at 14 in beta rank and they certainly had their struggles, particularly throwing the ball, but they were pretty good running the ball 13 overall at effective rush you know, way down at 42 in effective pass. Yeah, sure. The offense could have been better with a quarterback that could complete passes downfield in there. Uh, but you still, you're, you know, you're a worse, like if this offense is better, you're a, you know, knockoff version of Ohio state. Like Ohio state had a great offense, the defense that kind of improved, but only got to like 25 ish, you know, in the model at the end of the year, you know, Oregon, you know, you could have a better offense. You're just going to be, you have just this terrible defense. I mean, and it's shocking because like the, the ducks are really recruited so well. I mean, that's what's sort of, you know, astounding about this. Like you like some of the individual pieces on that defense, but as a unit, they stunk.
0: It was really bizarre because I liked the hire of Tim DeRuiter. I did too. But for, and I, and I realized that the year before the like COVID years, it's kind of difficult to look at it in most teams, uh, particularly with Oregon because they had a lot of players leave for the draft. With that said, like, I, I mean, just like you know, in a in a four or five game sample size, it did kind of look like the twos weren't quite there. You know, like yeah. at the end of the season, and we had we had kind of mentioned that a little bit going into the off season after 2021. But it kind of was the case. I mean, yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau was good, and like they they were. It was an interesting defense. But it wasn't one that reached expectations, at least for me. I I thought that there might be some hangups on the offense, you know, just given <laughs> given Brown. Although I was more bullish on Brown, but then I kind of realized who he was. But yeah, I agree. I th- I think that the defense was was uh, a, was a problem, and so I'm glad that they went out and they got the defensive coordinator of one of the greatest uh, defenses of all time, but it was Kirby smarts defense. So I think that's, that's important to mention. Um, although Lanning was calling plays as far as I'm, is that, is that correct? Rob was was Lanning
1: Lanning was your play caller. Kirby smart stepped away.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that the defense shores up and it'll be interesting to see whether or not Lanning's able to recruit defensive players. I think he will be. So I think that might be shored up a little bit, but you did really nail it on the head. Um, At the same time, like, you know, it's always interesting going back into the stats. So on paper, and this is why we really try to watch as many games as possible in the Pac-12, because on paper, you look at Anthony Brown and 64% completion rate, almost 3000 yards, a two to one touchdown, you know, to interception uh, ratio. And you look at that and if you didn't watch the games, you say, hey, that guy was pretty good, you know, and and he, he was like, he was fine. But he was holding back on the offense. I, I, I mean, I absolutely after a while of kind of carrying some water for Brown. I mean, you just kind of knew that there was a ceiling um, for Oregon on offense, but there was also a floor and just where those two tops and bottoms were wasn't going to get them to the playoff and really exposed uh, what you know, Utah just walked in and just, just beat the tar out of them. <laughs> like just punched them in the mouth yeah. twice. And after that second game, and you just look back and I don't know what, like what were your takeaways from? Cause those games should yeah, I mean, be like, that,
1: Like the offense is a problem in those games, right? Like the fact that they put up a total of 17 points against Utah doesn't look good, but right. Like they gave up 38. Each game. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, some of those true. are special teams points, but like, Come on, like your defense sucked, um, and that's what I like. I mean, they have like like they have really good players. That, like I thought Derota was gonna be able to put it together too, um, you know. And that's where like when I look at the new staff, oh yeah, like I think I mean I'd be shocked if Tosh Lapoy is calling plays. Um, Lanning's gonna be your play caller in all likelihood. I mean, if Lapoy is calling plays, I mean he he did he got play calling taken away from him in Alabama um and then went off to the NFL but Lanny's gonna clean it up right like they have a really good defensive staff coming in like the question uh, that I think is interesting right is like for this Oregon team for next season is what what should we expect from you know Dillingham in the offense right like Dillingham's uh really more of like a, a um I I could think of his, I could see his face, the Florida state coach, Mike Norvell. He's really more in the Norvell tree, Um, you know? And so like, what do we, what should we expect from, you know, like this, this Norvell offense, um, you know, with the ducks, um, you know, and like, and with potentially, I mean, Bo Dix is certainly, I mean, he's, he's not going to be like a first round pick, but he's more accurate than Brown. Um, and he gives you something with his legs, you know, like, I mean, I, I think a lot of Oregon fans are kind of hoping though, that one of their like Ty Thompson or, or, um, Butterfield, who I think is still there really steps forward. But yeah, I mean, like I expect the defense to be cleaned up for the most part next season. I think they still have a really good roster. Um, you know, it is like the, but the offense carried the team last season, you know, can the offense, Hold serve, be decent, end up in the top twenty. I think it's gonna tell us a lot about the ducks.
0: I do think that we need to give our due to Travis Dye, you know, twelve hundred yards. Oh yeah. Six yards of carry. I do think though that there was moments when the rushing offense for Oregon got into a slog. And it and it was against certain teams and it reminds me like Utah is a good example. Now Utah's defense was was Excellent, like very incredible, um but it does well, highlight. Utah
1: excelled at taking away big plays, which is what Oregon's offense was really good at. They weren't super efficient; they were a big play offense, and Utah took that away from them, and that left them in a in a hole.
0: Yeah, I'm curious, like because I-, I watched, I think both those games in full, and I can't remember a die rush that went far. I have to go back and double check, but yeah, it seemed like they were able to bottle the rushing offense up. But even when you look at like other, other games that they were in, it just seemed like it reminded me of a, a better version of, of like the first couple years of Cristobal at Oregon. Remember when like that offense would just get stuck in the mud. Like, I don't know if you ever watched Patton, but there's that, that scene where like, you know, he's like, give me a rain prayer, (laughs) you know, like all the, all the tanks are stuck and they're pulling stuff out of the mud. Like that offense got that bad for a while because he was so stubborn was trying to do the run, you know, and like he was also building his team and trying to, but like instill a system, which is like, we're just going to push you around and we're going to get five yards and yeah, we'll do some other stuff, but like we will, we will suck you your soul at the offensive line. I just don't think he had the the horses yet to quite do that. And over time he was able to build that. But I still I don't know. I'm like am I remembering this wrong where it just seemed as if that offense, um, not just through the air but on the ground could get a little bit stuck um against certain teams.
1: Yeah, I mean well they they got into trouble because they were they were in some ways not a terribly credible threat to throw the football well and that allowed teams to concentrate on the run fit, you know. So that's I mean that's an important I mean that really is an important thing that they need to add into the the offense next season if they're going to want to be you know kind of break out of where they were they're going to have to be able to to credibly throw the ball and make teams pay if they're sneaking up to to stop the run um so yeah I mean I, I and I think that's possible I mean like I don't I don't think Oregon has an incredibly talented group of wide receivers right now, but they're certainly good enough to, to do some damage in the conference in the PAC 12. Um, you know, like now, even with all the losses that Georgia is going to take <laughs> of, of players going on to the NFL, whether Oregon looks like they have a downfield passing attack in game one against Georgia Probably not, but you know, like, are they able to get it going and, and, and make teams pay later on in the season? I think they should be able
0: to. It was weird because when you took a look at Oregon's wide receiving core on paper, you go, wow, like there's, they've just recruited exceptionally well here. You had Micah Pittman and like, even players that were uh, like Johnny Johnson, the third, right? Like, wasn't it, it wasn't a, a as far as I recall, like I I don't remember him being like a huge get for them on the recruiting trail, but he really stepped up last year. And even the the year prior is he you know, like he was their third best option um, who ended up being their best option. And I was like, okay, is that because he just made the leap or is it because the younger talent maybe isn't quite there? And, I kind of agree with you, Rob. Like it sounds weird to say like you look at their wide receiving core and you go, oh we yeah. got because it's all it's all blue chip players. Um uh, but right. I think I think that's where they are. I don't you know, it'll be interesting to see. And I think one of the things that I'm really gonna put a big check mark uh, around in terms of like what is going on in spring and fall camp is are those wide receivers unleashed with somebody like bonix which sounds funny to say unleashed with bonix but like you know may, yeah. maybe maybe brown was really dragging everybody else down or are they just okay and that why because if that's the case then they're really going to need to overhaul that that core and that's coming from somebody that's seen this multiple times at different schools where you, on paper like wow this wide receiving core could be really interesting and then all of a sudden you go like none of these guys are open uh <laughs> that's a problem yeah no I
1: mean I mean look some of it was tough it absolutely was brown was not terribly accurate down the field, but I also think that I mean Travis died led them in receptions last season right like he had forty six catches you know nobody else on the team had more than thirty five you know I don't think that the, I don't think that there's anybody on this team you know and they i mean and they missed on I mean, they 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 didn't land a you know a big time wide receiver in the transfer portal. Um, they were in on you know um, the guy that ended up at Arizona, the slot receiver from UTEP, um, and then they didn't land you know a really big wide receiver this time out in the in their recruiting class again, losing out on a late commit to Arizona. <clears throat> so I mean, there's not, I mean, there's guys that like I mean, it feels like that USC. I mean, minus Drake London, of course, like it feels like, yeah, you look and you're like, oh, look at all these highly rate guys. And then like you see him on the field, you're like, OK, like, I mean, like against some of the lesser teams in the conference, fine, but not necessarily great, you know, and when they're, you know, when they're put up against, you know, some of the really good teams.
0: So I'm looking at the the final beta rank uh, ratings for the offense and the defense. And like you mentioned, right, offense 14 in the country, defense 44 in the country. I do think, looking back and and just I watched a lot of these games, it does feel like their offense was a little bit worse than that, and their defense was a little bit better than that. Am I am I remembering that wrong, or you know, like the, do you think those numbers are fully reflective? And like, look, it's advanced stats and all this stuff, but it just it just seemed like yeah, for like fourteen, just seems high for that offense that could just fall down. But you're right, like sometimes the explosive drives maybe pushed them over the edge. I'm I'm just curious how. How forward-
1: I mean, like if you look at though, like they had, you know, they mostly put. I mean, they had some really good games offensively, you know, like the except, like the teams that they had, you know, that really held them down were, de- I mean, for the most part, decent defenses, right? Like Washington, there's a decent defense. They struggled against the run, but Washington held them to 26. Cal holds them down to 24. Cal had a pretty good defense last season. <laughs> You know, and then like against the bad defenses, they, they put up a bunch of points, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, um, and like, but the, the trouble is, is like when you think of like that Utah, I mean, like what really sticks out, really sticks out is that Utah matchup, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like, Which one? that's the, I mean, like, I mean, bo- right. But both of them, those, Utah, I mean, because like, yeah, like, I mean, I think the, the, what, the thing that really hurt their defense too was like, I mean, one, I mean, getting stomped by Utah. Um, but they, I mean, like Washington state had a decent offense last season. It wasn't great. Like it was a little herky jerky. It got better down the stretch, but they put up 24 on them, you know, like, um, Colorado put up 29 on them. That's embarrassing.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, UCLA who had a pretty good offense, you know, like put up like, um, but you know, Oregon state puts up 29. I mean, the defense was pretty bad. Um, You know, like I think what I think is tough is like there's some players that you just really like, you know, like Sewell and Thibodeau, right? Like Thibodeau, like those are there's great players, guys that are going to be early draft picks on the defense. And I think they did make some big plays, but like their their problem was is like they just gave up too many points, right? Like at the end of it, if you look, go and look at they gave up 2.4. I mean, like this is an unadjusted number for Oregon. But they gave up 2.45 points per drive. Like, that's pretty. Like, and I'm going to go and I'm going to grab, I'm not going to grab Georgia because they had like an otherworldly defense this season. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know, but I'm going to, I'll grab Oklahoma State's number. They had a good defense. They finished number three overall in beta rank. They had 1.2 points per drive. Right. Like, Oregon's defense simply, like, no matter how you want to slice it, individual plays, accolades, whatever. They gave up a bunch of points per drive, and that there's no getting away from that <laughs> when you grade them.
0: I'm, I'm kind of like normally when you get a new coach, I'm just usually cheering for the offensive side. I'm like, all right, uh, you know, like Kaitlyn DeBoer, right? Kind of fun. It'll be interesting to see. I think it's going to take him some time, but you know that it's somebody that took a trash offense and will likely turn it into something that will be fun. I am more excited about the the defensive hire here because that was where they really needed the most work i mean you just look at that team and you go what the heck man like what what is the floor and what is the ceiling for each team right if we're talking about asu or if we're talking about ucla sure you'll take 10 and 4 heck yeah you know like whatever 44 defense doesn't matter we won 10 games you know we made it to uh, a new year six bowl but if you're oregon this was supposed to be a year where uh maybe it wasn't the year where people thought that they can make the playoff, but it was a year where you're coming off COVID, right? You don't have the excuse of players going to the NFL again. Um, you make an interesting hire. You have, you have a really good offensive coordinator and you just kind of, I don't know. I just feel like you walk away from the season going, man, like we were, we were the second best team in the pack 12. Um, and, and like, we're not deserving of the playoff. Now going, you know, obviously going to Ohio State and winning was was awesome. It was really good for the conference. But what was their other best win? I'm just looking through. You at UCLA by three, maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean that's probably their other best win.
0: Which isn't their fault, right? Like, but that, that was kind of the thing. You take a look at their schedule, right? Wasn't that one of the things we were like, oh, actually, this schedule isn't isn't terrible. Now nah, I guess they did have at Washington at Utah.
1: I mean Cal, maybe. I mean. Washington state was a pretty, but I mean, I think the tough thing, if you're and and you're right, like I'm excited for them to get this cleaned up, um, <clears throat> you know, on the defensive side of the football. And I really do expect this defensive staff to really clean up some of the problems here, but it is, I mean, it is, I mean, like this wasn't like, it's not a great conference, right? Like Utah, you know. I think if you look at next season, like Utah's not going anywhere. We we covered this, right? Like people should be high on the Utes coming in the next season. <laughs> um, that offense was 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 quite good. They they've shown the ability to replace replace players on the defensive side of the ball. You know, like I I think Oregon has a shot to really improve. And look, I mean, they were going to have to replace like Joe Moorhead was gone no matter what. Right. Like he was burnt out. I think, you know, there's some health issues that he wanted, you know, he wanted to take a step back from the grind of like major power five football. So he's off to Akron and I liked the names I did. Like I thought Mario Cristobal was interviewing some really interesting names that were getting kicked around for the offensive coordinator job at Oregon before he took the Miami job. But honestly, like the order still going to be there and it wasn't going to work. You know, like I I just, I, 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 came away convinced after this season that I just, I didn't think it was going to get there. Cause I mean, the talent is there. They just weren't executing now that problem's gone, right? Like the, you feel like the defense is going to be solid, um, you know, and that, that, that for this Oregon team, I think you're right. Should be really good. I think the offensive line coaching is going to be, you know, really good again, um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be quite at the level that they were under Cristobal, but, um, you know, I think if they can open up the offense a little bit, because I think Moorhead did a really good job with what in ultimately felt like a little bit of a limited roster, right? Like, in, um, and maybe that's the real question, too, about this Oregon team. And they, I mean, I, you, I've maybe I'm not smart enough to and don't know, like, but I was a little shocked at Justin Herbert being drafted as high as he was. I was totally wrong at that. Of course, like he's been fantastic at the NFL, but I felt like there were definitely some times in college where a lot of the time in college, he didn't look that great, but it turned out to be more of the offensive system he was in. Um, but outside of that, like they've really struggled at quarterback development. And I feel like the fact that no one could beat out Brown, you know, and that they were so set on. Ty- I mean, Cristobal was so set on Tyler Shuck the year before and, and wanting to develop him uh, stubbornly, even though he didn't work. Um, that's really the problem I feel like coming in for this team. Like their biggest question. It's nice that they get to answer the defensive question. I feel like, but I, I definitely feel like the, the quarterback question is really lingering.
0: Yeah, and my apologies to Oregon fans. I was um, I was projecting Washington's schedule on Oregon's schedule because I think Washington had the easier one. Um, so I was looking, looking through their schedule. It was a little bit more difficult than I, I remember, you know, at at Washington, at Utah, um, they had to go to UCLA, which was a team that ended up being fairly good. So, um, you know, it wasn't like they had an easy road, but you know, again, what are expectations for Eugene you know, looking forward? I think it's fascinating that they have that says uh, it's the first week of college football where they play Georgia, <laughs> In Georgia. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's at, like, you know, I don't think it's in Athens. I think it's at the, uh, you know, whatever the Superdome. It's in Atlanta,
1: or, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the Mercedes-Benz Georgia Dome. Georgia yeah. Dome, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the schedule again, right? Like, you miss USC again. You miss ASU. You get BYU.
0: That BYU game will be fascinating. They do have them in Eugene. So they, I mean, they should. Yeah. Man, they should win that game. I think. I think BYU has been good. Wait, but.
1: That's going to be. That's going to be a. Because ta- that BYU offense last season was legitimately good. They returned the quarterback. You know, they've got some players, and they were trouble to some Pac twelve teams.
0: So that that should it's be a all, good one. Not some all <laughs> all all the, the Pac twelve
1: teams. teams they played. That's true. <laughs> I mean, they definitely had some turnover luck too. But yes, they did. But getting oh no, that's yeah, that's at home. Yeah, you're right. But that'll, I mean, like, that BYU defense was terrible. Um, And I think Oregon's got a chance to really put up some points there. At Wazoo, Stanford seems to just be trouble. I don't know why. But the you know the game that sticks out to me that's funny and kind of interesting is that at Arizona game. (laughs) It is. Uh, I say this because, like, Arizona beat out Oregon for, you know, uh, McMillan you know, in the end for sure. Like, but Arizona might be, might be improved next season that that could be kind of a, like a trap game in the desert. Maybe not. I don't know.
0: So, somebody, um, somebody going to get tripped up there. I don't yeah. know if it's Oregon. No, I,
1: it shouldn't be. I mean, the defense should be good enough that you're like, yes, this should be, this should be fine.
0: But if it's hot as balls there, that's October, you know,
1: wait, it still could be hot, but yeah, man. October, they should be out. I mean, but that's, uh, I mean, like, I don't, I mean, I, this Oregon team, like, you know, like I, I think it is like if they they should be better, I mean, they should be as much as like a 14 point favorite over Arizona when that opens, but you know, like it's definitely like, we have definitely seen more than one team go into the desert and whether it's at ASU or in Arizona, just fall flat on their face.
0: (laughs) Uh, it, It is basically Pullman, but hot. I mean that, that is yeah. kind of the that's that's kind of the feeling. I don't know
1: actually. what it is, whether it's like a like they're just. I mean, it's been Washington or Oregon, like going down into the desert, like just like oops, missed one.
0: <laughs> it is wild, uh, you know. I get, I get you know, that. That's really. I don't have a ton to talk about when it comes to Oregon. Like I think that it was, Washington
1: game's late this year, this coming year, oh. isn't it? Like November twelfth. That's a lot later than that game. I mean, I, I don't want to say a lot later, but I feel like that game is normally played. Eh, maybe not like maybe it's a week later.
0: Then of course you got the November last game 6th. at Corvallis this year that, that civil war game has been, or whatever they call it now Um, is, has been significantly elevated. I think the last couple of years where like really Oregon state start, has brought their a game for that. And like yeah. there, there have been other times where Oregon state would you know reach out and bite Oregon, but it just seems like they are ready to go. Um, And I do think that that like, you cannot count that as a win. And I, I know it's kind of like, it's, I know Oregon fans know that, but I think a lot of other Pac-12 fans will look at that and go, oh, like Oregon will win that game. Like, I don't know. Like, Oregon State. Well, I
1: mean, here's, yeah, but here's what's sort of interesting. Like, what if Utah just waxes them again <laughs> <laughs> at home the week before, right? Like, um, that's the one where it's like, I could, like, if there's any hangover, from, there was there wasn't too much hangover from that Utah game this last year. But if there were to be this season, like I, you know, you see the bees maybe sneaking up on them.
0: Yeah, I, no, yeah, I could definitely see that. Well, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. I think it's it's an interesting team. I like how the defense will likely be short up. I think it's interesting that they have Bo Nix. I think we'll have an opportunity to see whether the whether that wide receiving core is actually good, which I doubt. I think it. I think it's fine on paper. It looked like the best in the Pac-12 this year, and it, that just wasn't the case. And then let, let's take a look and see what the running backs are. I mean, Byron Car- Cardwell was super fun. Like I really like, I I really hope that he is the the, the feature back. And I think he's a, le- a lot lighter than the other guys. Um, obviously Die has gone. I think Verdell's gone. Um, but man, he was super fun. So I'm excited to see what he's able to do. I mean, this could be a really solid team that can compete for the Pac-12 full, full, full stop, not just like the North. Um, but they do have a hurdle now they, they have a Utah uh, they don't have a Utah problem yet you know <laughs> but they, right. they could if uh, if they don't get their act together on the offensive side
1: and I would say I mean like l- look last year was definitely like it's kind of a bummer to miss USC because USC was so bad this last season. I mean I don't think Oregon's gonna be so much better than USC next year that um, like it, it's actually I think it's a good miss for them coming into this next year to miss the Trojans I mean I think Washington misses them too.
0: Well, let's stop it there, Rob. If you have questions, comments, concerns at 12-pack radio, Twitter, uh, 12-pack at gmail.com. Where can people find you, Rob?
1: Uh, at beta rank FB.
0: And if you want to sneak around here, uh, sharpcollegefootball.com, where Rob has all of his 2022 projections, we're going to go full deep dive next week. So we'll have a lot of fun with that. In fact, if you want to send us questions about teams outside of the Pac-12, for that podcast, send them to either of us. We'd be happy to, to, you know, answer them. I just think it's great to see. Again, these are these are a starting point for the conversation, right? These are a beta rank really kicks in like in the sixth week um, of college football when it can ping, you know, all these different teams off of each other and, and how they're doing against other teams and how those teams do against other teams. But um, always really exciting to have those numbers out early just to kind of get a feel for where the landscape um, could fall. So, uh, and, I mean
1: as a sneak preview. I mean we have Oregon projected at 14. So it's not as if like we have Oregon projected to be bad. No, Oregon's no. projected to be pretty good. Yeah. It's mostly held up though by the fact that like in the last 2 years their rolling recruiting average is is 10th overall.
0: Not bad. Keep it going, Lenny. keep it going. yeah, so peek around sharpcollegefootball.com. Send us any questions you have, whether it's Pac-12 or outside the Pac-12. And again, there's just so many different ways to compare these teams to take a look at what they're good at, what they're not good at, see how far they are from other teams. So we we can really take a bunch of different directions at this next week. Uh, Rob, thanks for coming on and thanks for tuning in everybody. We'll see you next week.